Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty, alongside John. Hello. And returning this week, we've got Aaron. Hey. Hey, welcome back. Um, no no Dave this week. Unfortunately, he, uh, he's came back from his holidays. He was off on holidays the last recording. Uh, he's come back from his holidays, but now is not feeling well. So he's in, uh, in bed with a, a hot whiskey is what he messaged to say. Um, so we hope he's, he's in bed. In other words, he's had what a, a few what hot whiskeys. Yeah, he's whiskey. now he can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it, yeah. Um, how, um, how are you both doing? John, how are you doing? Yeah, pretty good, actually. Um, been an interesting couple of weeks. I think uh, since we last recorded, I was up at uh, Murrayfield. Really annoyingly missed um, a Giants game in Fife for that, uh, but got my first rugby in the last year or so. I uh, saw Scotland just miss out on beating uh, Australia which was heartbreaking at the last but uh, anyway it's not a it's not a rugby podcast it's a, a hockey podcast yeah it is indeed Aaron how are you doing I'm doing a lot better than I was um, so what I've, I've missed what was it two podcasts I two think? yeah two, yep. two seasons may as well be um, you'd missed, you'd missed one I think you'd missed one due to I think you're in Boston I was in Boston then, for, for a week and a bit two and weeks then you and then I caught came COVID. back with COVID yeah you know so, similar story to what Dave has, has there um, you know went away for a while came back sick yeah. which just seems to be the, the way Travelers uh, I did I didn't get uh, unfortunately uh, unlike Ethan I, I have not I didn't get a chance to get to a Boston game but I did I did text you probably the fanciest way that I've ever watched a hockey game you did indeed you did. I think, um, uh, did. John. I think. Did you mention in the last podcast that you were in a you were in a cigar bar with a? I think was that what it was? A cigar. Yeah, a c- uh, cigars was. and whiskey. Watching watching a Phillies game. That that was that was interesting. That was a bit different. Although to be fair, I'm pretty sure that cigar bar is where I got COVID because mm. it was so, it was so close. <laughs> it's what you get for sucking random things in a bar you've never been to before. Well, that's that's what you do in Scotland. Is one thing. <laughs> <laughs> but here so there's one thing I, I really wanted to talk to you about and I haven't brought this up I was talking to a Coyotes fan when oh, I was out there, and, and there, yeah, there are still some of those things there are still some of those and he was I appreciate that this is this might be down to the fact that he's a fan and he's trying to put a massively good spin on it he cannot wait to get to the to the to the game the mullet arena the hmm. yeah well, because it's not, because it's not of the size, like, I, I appreciate well, it's yeah. it's the flip, it's the mentality flip. Okay, yes, it's not a massive stadium, but they're used to that massive stadium being that like normal people like us going to buy tickets point, that are up in the, I, up in the sticks. Yeah, can I and he's point really out looking that forward that's, to going to go ahead. That's all well and good. You're going to get atmosphere. They aren't selling out. No, they're not. Actually, nah. they're not. They're not selling. They're they're not selling but out. I think I, uh, I their second their second home game. Half the seats were empty. I get what Aaron's coming from, though. Uh, oh. If you you think about it, smaller the rink, you're closer to your the players, the better you're going to be able to see the game compared to what you are if you're in the nose, please. Exactly what Aaron says. Well, that wasn't me. That was to say that Arizona that might as well go and play in Kirkcaldy then. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought they might as well play in Kirkcaldy. Uh, 
Anyway, and given it's an NHL crowd, I guarantee well, you that Kirkcaldy. I guarantee you that Kirkcaldy has a better atmosphere than that arena in whatever, like the Mullet Arena. I guarantee you, because it's an NHL crowd, um, the likes of Kirkcaldy, Manchester, all have better atmospheres than that Mullet Arena. Well, time will tell. We'll see. Hopefully, they'll improve their attendance rates. Anyway, we're not even. We haven't even into the podcast yet. We're already talking. Um, um, <laughs> since our last podcast, How are you, I'm, I'm doing okay. Yeah, all good. Since our last podcast, um, obviously, I've been to the last few few home games as it currently is in Belfast. Um, we are now going into a, a hockey drought here in Belfast. Uh, for the next month, uh, we'll have absolutely zero games at home. Um, apart from obviously the uh, Friendship Four, and I've, I'm wearing my Friendship Four jersey today just in honor of the fact that that's coming up. Uh, but we do have the Friendship Four in Belfast at the end of the month over the Thanksgiving weekend, which is the the tw- around about the 26th, 27th, and 20th. I think if I remember, no, 24th, 5th, and 6th. I think it is something around then. Um, at the end of November anyway. Uh, but yeah, complete drought now for uh, for home games. But uh, the last couple of games I've been at, there's been a bit of a a change in the arena. You will both have to experience it when you come. Um, well, John, when you come back to Belfast at the start of December, I think you said, and Aaron, maybe the next games at the start of December as well. We we'll get all the we can get all together for like a Christmas special. Um, Are you starting to wear sunglasses to to this? I, I, the first night I, I was as the eye specialist Marty would uh, recommend that you I would I would recommend sunglasses if you're if you're anyway sensitive to bright light uh, definitely um, but the, the they've also installed a new um, like a new the new lighting system that they've put in also has basically quick change in colour kind of thing but uh, they do have to have put a warning up now because uh, anybody with uh, epilepsy or photosensitivity um, is warned because there is a lot of flashing and strobing lights at the start of the game and through different parts of the game um, and the new intro video as well I'm just going to say like it's it's pure cheese like I mean pure cheese <laughs> to the point where I'm talking Las Vegas cheese like if you guys remember the video we did for they did in Las yeah. Vegas it's that level of cheese but it's great <laughs> just that's all I'll say it's a great level of cheese um did I remember I you realized- saying something about being be able to project onto the because no in Vegas I thought I remember you saying something about that on, no last I think game. no they talked about obviously well, they, wait, 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 the Giants have been doing that for years we have the, the little logo? spinny fin heads. Yeah, that oh, yeah. spin around. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I think um, I think there was the they were trying to allude to there was a, something being alluded to that there should be a new a new um, experience like an ice experience opening experience with lights and stuff. And I don't think anybody really knew what it was until obviously this this week that the, the past two weekends where they where they launched it. Um, but yeah, for I know play. I know that we're I know that we're talking about the before the game can we uh, just very quickly can we mention the end of the games oh yes yeah um... because I know that this is there's been conversations on both sides about how people feel about it's con- the yeah. Causeway clap. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, the, the I didn't make that up. That's no, what it's I called. Know. It's called the Causeway clap, which is just a bit like, uh, did you catch something when it's you went there? It's Carolina Hurricanes. Um, yeah, so they it's basically... The, it's the Storm Surge. Basically it's basically a version of the Storm Surge. Anybody who's a Giants fan, they'll be used to, or anybody who's been to visit a Giants game, um, you'll be used to the end of the games where the players will skid around the, the outside of the rink um, around the plexi and kind of wave to the the crowd and tap the glass the plexi and stuff with the um, kids and everything else they've now replaced that with all of the players I th- i'm going to guess it's only if there's a win i'm going to guess if it's a loss they're not going to do anything if it's a win the players will come together in the center at the center at the center ice and center circle and they'll the, the, the whoever wins the man of the match for that game goes into the right into the center of the the huddle and then the players all go around and then they do it along with the crowd they'll do the the, the, the clap the causeway clap the, the whole 
clapping thing um and they'll do that together and it's 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 really effective it's really good but i know what you're talking about john um a couple of the i think the kids who are so used to going down running down to the plexi to kind of you know fist bump through the plexi and do all of that i think some of them are kind of starting to get a bit disappointed with the fact that that doesn't happen anymore they don't do the skate round no they don't do the skate round the skate round round is is part of i think the the culture of the team i think that's going to be missing it's interesting that you bring that up because i know that um during commentary on a game kevin rain's currently injured um and he had seen that for the first time when it was done not the last game but i think possibly the game the yeah, home game before game mm-hmm. and he said uh, pretty much the same thing he said that he's probably still going to go around uh, some of them there's like, there's... because he he does goes around and gives uh, fist bumps and high fives to the kids there's, at the plexi. There was three or four. There was three or four of the players in the last game there who kind of didn't do a full skate around, but they kind of came out of it and they kind of done a, a little mini skate around. But they didn't come out as far as they normally would. They just kind of done a little mini kind of skate around and then went in, which is which was nice. But uh, no, it's, it's really good, it's and weird. I think it's. I, I don't. I don't know. I, I've got to sound like Marty here. I don't like change. I don't well, like um, change. Wait until you see it. Wait until you see it in person. It is. It's very well done. And I have to I have to give a clap to the Giants for for, for changing get, something up. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's something. And anyone coming fresh to the game is absolutely going to love it. And they're going to think it's part of the culture. It's going to be part of their history uh, of going to see the Belfast Giants. And and that's totally fine. I think I feel like it's getting too close to that whole game night thing that Sheffield do with this stupid Eddie thing that they do where their man of the match has to do something on a skate round. Um, Carolina got lambasted, or yeah, Carolina got lambasted when they did it in the NHL. And again, that's a league that doesn't really do it. The game's over. They don't do handshakes. They skate right off after the the winning goal. That's that's the done thing. Um, Carolina took a little bit of a, a beating in the press and from fans and from fans across the league for what they started. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, I'm just saying that there's elements of what is done that probably should should remain, mm. like the skate round. Um, mm. But again, I haven't seen it in person. I'll probably love it because I'll probably have had a few beers. Um, I'll clap along. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the worst of them for being a happy clapper. So yeah, probably bring it on after a few beers. Yeah, no, it's been well done. And I got to say, even even um, the only times now the lights, I think the lights kind of become a bit like, whoa, in your face and kind of they do, take, they do start a bit, the, the full bright like rink lights is um, at the end of each of the so the, during the period breaks they dim lights down and turn them into like color lights you know obviously teal and whatever lights and they're kind of like flashing on and off and they kind of keep it softer and then as soon as the the period break is about as soon as the period break ends they go into the game the game again the lights just come on all of a sudden like I mean like whoosh, suddenly and this is like all of a sudden you're just like whoa um, my, my wife Fifa she came with us uh, came with me uh, at the weekend um, for her first game and her only game for this season she only ever goes to one game a, game a season um, and she came this season uh, this week um, and she was said the same she was the same whenever um, the, at the end of the first period when it going into the second period after the first period break the lights came on and she was just like whoa oh my God. she was just completely startled by the brightness um, but yeah it's, so it's 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 good yeah, but I think I think on the I think even on webcasts there's been a lot of people reaching for their brightness control yeah I think so um, did you look, share a photo on that someone was saying that I they did. couldn't even see the puck yeah but I think that's probably someone just hasn't played around with their sentence on their fo- on their actual change change a setting on your tv yeah the, the highlights i did watch the highlights of the cardiff game um and yeah that they're coming through really really nice the the definite we've always had good cameras in belfast but now with the additional light and it actually looks 
like it pops amazing, yeah, yeah on the highlights yeah. the, the yeah. video looks brilliant so yeah i think it's down to settings on on tvs i think so um look at that us talking having conversation and chat before even before we get into our usual uh run of what we do on this podcast uh for anybody who is listening for the first time or has found us for the first time you're very welcome uh it's a hockey podcast that covers um hockey news from across the the world both here in the uk and and wider um hockey so Cross anywhere that we might find something that's interesting. Breaking into three periods, period one, two, and Mo- three. Mostly planet Earth. Mostly planet Earth. Uh, Broken into three periods, kind of similar to um, a game with other features added on towards the end. Um, we'll start. We start off our podcast as we always do, and we'll look at the current standings in the Via Play Elite League. Um, it has now officially changed names since our last uh, podcast. Um, the obviously the, we we had a chat about this uh, on a previous podcast at the start of the season when our. Um, Dave brought along the story around the fact that free, uh, not free sport, um, Premier Sport was, was bought over and was changing name to Viaplay, and it has officially happened as of the first of November. So the Viaplay Elite League is now official. Um, looking at the league, then the standings currently as they are, uh, Guildford Flames still sit top with six, sixteen games played and twenty-seven points. Sheffield Steelers sit in second with thirteen games played and twenty-one points. Coventry have slipped down to third place with fifteen games played and twenty-one points. Ca- Cardiff are in fourth with 14 games played and 19 points Belfast Giants are making their move up with five in, th- in fifth place with 11 games played and 18 points the Panthers are in sixth with 11 games played and 10 points Manchester Storm are sitting in seventh with 11 games played and nine points five Flyers are sitting in eighth with 14 games played and eight points Dundee slide down into ninth with 15 games played and eight points and the Glasgow clan still remain at the bottom with 14 games played and five points points um john um a bit of change around the top um not not the top spot obviously top spot is being held by guildford as has been from pretty much in the start of the season um what's your thoughts so far yeah like you say still in first place is uh, guildford flames and their resurgent social media manager um who has been having an absolute whale of a time with that team being where they are um not much change. Um, the top five teams, I think, are going to remain the top five teams. Um, there's been a few moves in personnel in the bottom half of the league, um, but I, I can't see a title coming from anywhere other than the top five. Uh, Belfast starting to make moves now. We're starting to catch up on the number of league games played. Um, I think, give or take, we would take the lead of the league if we were to take all of our games in hand. Uh, yep, five games, ten points. So yeah, we would take yeah. the the league with games in hand. Uh, but as we say every single season, games in hand are only so good if you win them and take the points. Uh, bottom of the league. Uh, interesting to see. Uh, and I know we're going to talk about it. Um, a bit of an exchange of personnel between a couple of teams and uh, new arrivals coming in. Teams are clearly starting to ring in the changes and trying to reshuffle and get themselves back into the middle of the pack. Um, not surprising to see Glasgow still scraping the bottom of the table. Um, I, I, I Honestly, I don't see that team achieving much this, this season. Uh, I know that they have had their first victory now. I know that they ran the Giants close a couple of weekends ago. Um, it was only a one-goal game in the end, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for them. And equally, Dundee, strong start in the, the Challenge Cup, has not translated into uh, a strong start in the league, sitting in ninth place. 
that's a, a team in severe difficulties and it's not a great look for uh, a debut coach uh, in Mace. We, we know Mace, we like Mace, we like what he gave as a player, but that's a coach under pressure now. You're right. You're right indeed. I mean, as you say, the top five teams do look quite like it's not going to change much in terms of the, those top five teams we would imagine will still be in the top five, as you say, towards the end of the season. Um, the Belfast Giants have um, started going on a good little run there um, beating Cardiff Devils this past weekend in dominant fashion. It was uh, it was it was I was in the arena. It was I think most people in the arena were just sitting being like, what am I watching? Like, what has happened I here? I messaged you. I had to message you because I I was um, I think I had been was that Saturday mm, I Sunday? I had been out Sunday um, I think we'd been out and I was dealing with uh, with Isla and all of a sudden that second period my phone started flash scores just wouldn't stop and I ended up having to message and go for a start is this real and are we that good or are they that bad and it turned out it was a bit of both when I watched the highlights it was um, yeah. It was just Absolutely. something else. I was say, Marty, you, were, you were there. Yeah. What, what, what was it? Was Do you know what? It was, it was just something the else. The were on form? Yeah, the, gi- the Giants came out, were on form, were firing, and then it just got silly. It just got really, just like as soon as the Giants put that fourth goal in, Bounds' head went down, came off, and then they switched in their backup. And it was just, as soon as that, it was just, I mean, no, I don't mean the sound thing to the backup, but it was a free-for-all after that point. The Giants were just scoring for fun. It was Let's just, be honest, Cozen, I, Cozen was, is not a backup. He is a co-starting goalie. Both goalies just didn't show oh, up. It was off. It was Ben Bounds. That's that's a terrible, terrible the, run for Ben Bounds. The the chant of the night. The chant of the night came in that um, was from the whole crowd. Not even not just Boomerang, but the whole crowd. Um, the whole chant was like um, whistle um, whistle number one GB. You know, it was a whole big chant. You know, it was like a GB number one. Um, because obviously he is. He has to be. Yeah, well. After that, there is absolutely no way that Pete Russell can. <coughs> even look in the I think we have an international break coming is it January? January, yep. Um we have a, a week off. Um there is no way that on current results and current form, Ben Bounds is not G B yeah. number one. Jackson Whistle has to be G B number one. Yeah. That's the effects of lovely new lights. <laughs> that's it that's it Every, and everyone else the, every, team all the, team, the team the other team startled because the brights are so bright that's exactly it that's what I think, I we're, think gonna, it's we're a, gonna end up in a we're gonna end up in a situation like Kowalski with the uh, the black seats aren't we that visiting <laughs> goalies are gonna give off that it's too bright I can't see the pot oh so funny um Aaron obviously we're you know um you know, John had mentioned a couple of bits and pieces there, you know, in terms of even, you know, the, the, the Scottish teams in the bottom, Glasgow struggling and, and continuing to struggle um, with Dundee, maybe just with their rookie coach, obviously struggling as well. Um, how do you see, I mean, the bottom six, you know, or sorry, the bottom five, I mean, do you see much changes there in terms of how do you feel that, that all maybe pan out, do you think? I think John John hit it on the head. Clan's not moving, unfortunately. You would, it's, it's horrible to see. <laughs> Uh, but no, clan's not moving. I don't see much movement in the in the Fife and Dundee. You might see a little bit of movement between Manchester and Nottingham, possibly. Yeah. Um, but no, I think it's really. I mean, I've said this before. I think the last couple of seasons are getting really interesting because things are. I think well in the top, as John said, top five, top six, seven maybe. There's definitely been a bit of a shakeup. Mm. Like we're not seeing the normal 
ones right at the top this season again. You're right. Guildford Flames done this last year, though. We, I talked about this. Guildford Flames done this last year. Had a really good run at the start, didn't they? Um, I think Manchester did Manchester yeah. have a really good run as Manchester. well. Um, it was really, really strong to start with as well last season. Um, and then all of a sudden they just went right down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, unfortunately, I've, I've, not that I'll bring much to it, but just like John said, um, not much movement at the bottom. No. I say hope maybe a bit of Man- uh, movement from Manchester and Nottingham, but. Yep. I can't really see it that much. Um, just having a quick look at the uh, just the Challenge Cup um, because it has well, it hasn't been completed yet, but the uh, the teams have been decided for the next for the next rounds for the knockout stages. Um, the in Group A, obviously, we know the Giants, Five Flyers, and Dundee Stars have moved through to the next round. Uh, group B, all of the teams in Group B have qualified to the next round. <laughs> Joke. What a pointless group. What a pointless group. And Group C then, it was Sheffield Steelers and Nottingham Panthers with Manchester dropping out um, and not moving through to the knockout stages. Um, just a note that the uh, Guildford Flames and the Coventry Blazers still have to play each other twice uh, in, in that Group B in that group B still. Um, so there's still two there's still Is two that always that that entire group always goes through? <sighs> Pretty much. No, uh, it's it's, not, well, no, no it's not. No, Coventry, it's, Coventry it's, didn't it's make not, it. It's not, it's not how it works. Um, so... At this point, you've got Manchester, Glasgow are just out, no points, no wins, six games, no points. Um, Manchester have played their eight, got six points, um, but I think with um, More overtime losses. wins, uh, mm. with their losses and the fact that Guildford have one overtime win, uh, that means that automatically they will go through yep. even if they don't get any additional points from the games against Coventry. Yep. Um, so it just essentially means that the last two games in uh, Group it B, be, mean, absolutely, yeah. mean absolutely nothing. And I'd be absolutely livid if I was a fan of those teams that had bought tickets for that game. Because yep. it's going to look like the third place um, playoff game. Yeah, it's, no need for it's it. It's going to be absolutely disastrous. Dead just call them off now. Yep. Call them now. Complete dead dead rubber. rubber. Tie games. and Just five goals each and just go for it. Yep. <laughs> Five goals each. There you go. Um, ten goals. Why not? Just, just do ten. Why not? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. Similar to our last podcast, um, I won't be running. I'm not going to run down um, the details yet of the NHL. Um, still really early days. There, we're only a month or so in. Um, we will have a. We'll take a look at the next in the next podcast. Um, we just won't be doing it this week, just because I just felt it's still a bit too early. Um, so we'll wait and we'll look at that closer to the Christmas period. Um, guys, if it's okay with you, then I'm going to um, suggest we move straight into our period one of hockey. Okay, period one is a roundup of stories from around the UK, uh, both in the Via Play Elite League as well as um, leagues across the UK, including the uh, Elite the National Ice Hockey League as well. Um, I'm going to start us off, guys, this week um, in in the, the this period. Um, unfortunately, it's a it's another sad story uh, of another familiar face and another familiar name to the the, the world of hockey here in the UK. Um, and another sad news that another member of of the UK hockey has passed away. Um, that is the passing of Brent Pope, who um, had uh, been fighting with uh, cancer for the last eight months. Um, he, for anybody who, who isn't aware, um, he um, played for Team GB. He arrived at, uh, playing with Cardiff in the Super League in 1996. He iced 34 Elite League regular season games uh, later in his career. Uh, 
Pope then obviously did return to the Devils in 2006-2007 season and went on to spend seven years with the club as the assistant coach and then the general manager as well as the head of the community foundation and eventually as director of hockey operations there. Um, he stepped behind the bench in his final season with the Devils um, for a brief stint in 2013 and 14. Um, he's a well-known name. He was a good personality. Um, people remember him being interviewed as well for things in relation to um, CHL and a bunch of other bits and pieces um, and and he was a uh, he was he was named to be you know everybody was very familiar with him and um, i think he's also part took part as well in some of the premier sports coverage and free sports coverage as well through the years um and our thoughts are with brent's family and his friends at this time uh again another sad week another another um, name um too familiar for all the fans um that we have to say goodbye to um so as usual uh, we would stick up to him um, and send our condolences to his friends and family um, John, you have done pretty much the majority of work. Actually, you've done all the rest of the work for this pot for this um, period, which is I sent a TikTok. Oh, sorry, my wife sent me. Yeah, um, <laughs> apologies. Um, yes, um, but John, that's for period two. Don't even start. <laughs> It's <laughs> it's uh, John. It's it's unusual. It's I'm not saying it's unusual, but uh, it's it was a nice relief to uh, go onto the uh, the running order this morning and be like, oh, okay, there we go. It's yeah, I felt like you. I felt like you needed a um, a week off to oh, all thanks. the leg work. Nice. Party. So I thought I would. I thought I'd step up because uh, you know someone someone always has to. Yeah. Um, do you want to take us through then? Do you, your... want, do you want me just to go for it? Yeah. Where you go? So I'm gonna I'm gonna keep you on your toes. I'm gonna go slightly um, off the order that they are in the um, the running order. Um, and uh, I'm, guys, I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna pause right now because oh, coming in yeah, yeah. from stage right. Holy crap! Sausage sandwiches. Thank you. You're welcome. Hi, Catherine. She's gone. <laughs> and he's all, he's also got headphones on, so she would never have heard you anyway. <laughs> that, that's very true. That's how headphones work. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. Leaving aside that I've now got a platter oh, hold, of sausage hold on, sandwiches hold on. to eat. How many, how many sausage sandwiches did you get? Uh, what do you class as a sandwich? Uh, two pieces of bread and the stuff inside the bread. Okay, so oh. if you class two pieces of bread, then it's two sandwiches. Uh, so I have two sandwiches, both cut in half, so I have four half sandwiches. Four halves. Uh, brown, sauce or sandwiches. brown sauce or red sauce? Brown sauce. Never uh, red sauce. Butter, not a red sauce. But, butter, no butter? Oh, butter. No butter. butter. Yeah. Butter? No butter? No butter. Are you mental? Yeah. This has turned into a sandwich podcast, by the way. Um, yeah, no, Welcome no butter. The never, 14 never, cookery or... never butter, no. You're you're mental. On anything? On any? Yeah. Anyway, John, yes, we, we don't we don't, we don't need a, a, a door fourteen poll this week. It's door fourteen poll this week is is butter. Butter, on, no butter. Butter on your sandwiches, yes or no? <laughs> no, um, no, 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 no. Not on sorry, your butter on your bap. Butter on your bap with brown sauce that sounds a bit wrong does um <laughs> let's carry on um so this is the the stories that uh in fife i'm gonna start here in fife because uh, that's where i'm uh, broadcasting from in fife um guys fife have spent some money the mm. the arena have uh, made some improvements gone is the the old scoreboard with its uh, missing and blown bulbs and in comes uh Sad attempt at a Titantron uh, type uh, scoreboard with a, a couple. Aaron, you you hit the nail on the head. The, the photograph that they've put up of their new screens 
looks really, really good until you uh, potentially stand back and realise that it's just a couple of 47-inch TVs that they've slung yeah. up from the roof. You you, you were nicer <laughs> than I. I says, that's just a picture of a 27-inch <laughs> flat screen TV. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the new screens are up. They were in use for this last weekend's uh, home game against the Guildford Flames. Unfortunately, that was an OT loss for the Flyers. Um, I did make the point that uh, I fully expect one or more of these screens to be completely banjaxed by the end of the season because of the somewhat short stature of the roof in that building. It's not the tallest of buildings and there was a reason that there was a number of bulbs missing from the old scoreboard. A puck hitting these screens, I imagine, is going to do a lot more damage than a couple of uh, blown bulbs. Now, I might be wrong, they may have thought about this and they may have put some plexi or something over the front of them if they haven't, and that's an idea that someone in Fife's going to take. I take total responsibility for it, and uh, you're welcome for protecting your investment, Fife. But, uh, look, any investment is is good investment. Yeah, um, it is indeed. Especially this this coming from a team who, when told by the Elite League they had to put plexi between the players and the fans literally put a piece of plexi the size of the handrail and did nothing to separate <laughs> players and fans um so that if that's not the this the absolute epitome of scottish skin flintness um then i don't know what is but this this is spending money for the sake of spending money so fair play to them and uh, i look forward to seeing I, it in person uh, on <coughs> hogmanay hogmanay when uh, the giants will next be in town here in kirkgaudy nice. i really like there's a there's a particular there's a tweet there but um from Lynn0812 and he's like looking good now I won't have to look on Twitter for the scores <laughs> so true could you imagine having to do that during a game let me just keep an eye on Twitter here the scoreboard in Fife used to be absolutely terrible like the, the number of bulbs that were missing power plays were almost illegible you, you had no idea what the time was mm. left on the power play uh, the number for the power play as well you had no idea what player was in there and the game clock was horrendous like you just guessed how long was left in a period. Um, the only thing I did notice, um, and I, I kind of wonder, is maybe something they might they may, they may want to do in the future is maybe just maybe slightly they are the home team. Maybe they want to enlarge the logo so it stands out bigger than the actual away team's logo. Yeah. It's a bit tiny. Um, oh. that would be the only it thing. Is I would a say. Bit, they they need someone who knows how to uh, edit a PNG. I think. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the only news out of Fife. Um. This uh, slightly sadder news uh, was that Fife, uh, being at the bottom of the table, they're they're not having a great time. Uh, but this was the news that uh, Sean Cameron uh, will not be playing the rest of the season. Uh, he picked up a lower body injury, and uh, unfortunately, that is going to sideline him for the rest of the season. Uh, effectively, uh, going on what I understand, it looks like a, a torn ACL. Um, and that is going to sideline him for the rest of the season. Not great news for a team in eighth place in the league. And effectively, they're not fighting for trophies. Well, they're still they still have a shout with the Challenge Cup. So let's not count them out. But this is a team that realistically, come January, are in playoff mode. Mm-hmm. They they need to be concentrating on staying in the playoffs. Um, so not great. Uh, I know that Dutz will be probably looking to bring in some cover um, but it's not a great time to be looking at the market um, a couple of teams are making moves but I think a team like Fife currently where they are I think that's a tough sell to bring somebody in at this point in the season 
any thoughts on that, guys? Or uh, do I just continue to rattle through the news in the Elite League? You can continue to rattle on, yep. You can go ahead. Okay. So, this is a slightly more interesting one. Uh, Sticking here in Scotland, um, news broke this week that uh, the Dundee Stars, again, another team that are really in bother, we talked about it earlier on, sitting in ninth place, only above the the Glasgow clan. Um, This was the news that uh, D-Man and captain of the Dundee Stars, Fabrizio Ricci, was parting ways with the team. Uh, Slightly unusual. Uh, not to just to lose a, a player, uh, an effective D-man, and really probably one of their standout players um, from the start of the season. Um, that was that was pretty pretty harsh. The the statement says that they parted ways by mutual consent. Moments later, the news would break that Fabrizio Ricci is signing for the Nottingham Panthers. That's got to be gotten if you're a Dundee fan, guys. I mean. You, it's bad enough to lose a player, any player, through the season to a rival, let alone the guy who's been given the C in your team. That's a, is that a poor indictment on what's going on in Dundee? And what's he? Is he going in? He's not going to be signed as captain, or? Oh no, he won't be signed as captain. Uh, He won't. He won't be moving with the C. But this is the captain of an elite league team, leaving that team. And going to play immediately for another one. I mean, as you say, it has to be a knock. It, it definitely does. Um, it's, but it's not unusual. It's not shocking, as we say in this in, the, in this league. We're so used to seeing this sort of thing happen quite quite regularly. Um, and you know, we're we're so used to just seeing players quick const- ask on a question <laughs> constantly switching in and out. Um, but as you say, John, I mean, for Dundee, it must be a blow. Um, for for it, for it to take to do this way, is it a, is it a, an, an indictment of saying what's happening at the moment in Dundee? I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's it's. It, you know, as we mentioned earlier, you know, a rookie coach this season for the first time. I know he's had assistant coach um, experience, but a rookie coach at the time, I think, you know, he needs his time to embed and, and, and kind of settle down and whatever else. And he did have a good start to the season. And yeah, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Very hard to tell. It's But it's not like, it's going to sound harsh, but it's not like they're, he's jumping to, a, it's the Panthers. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's going, right, I'm going to the Guildford Flames at the moment or the Giants or, mm-hmm. you know, one of the tops. It's it's the Panthers. Yeah, he has. He's, he's moved two slots up in the Elite League. Uh, that, yeah. That's all, really. Um, it's it is a weird move. Just, I think, what strikes me more, and I, I, I come back to it, is that this guy was named by Jeff Mason as captain of the Dundee Stars. It's, it's not that he's just anyone on the rest on the roster for that team he was picked out of the the long list of um what 14 imports and however many brits they've got um to lead that team through the season jeff mason obviously saw something in him to give him the c expecting him to lead from the front and lead by example for that stars team what he's done is leave and sign with a rival i mean that that has to be gotten if you are a Dundee Stars fan. Uh, now, I'll admit, Dundee, not a team I really care that much about, but, um, and I haven't looked at any of the, the Twitter fallout from this, um, but I would be surprised if there there's not a little bit of chat about sort of what's going on. Uh, and again, the, the Stars are going to have to make changes 
they're going to have to look to bring somebody else in uh, if they want to fill out their import slots. And they're going to have to change the leadership group as well. Somebody's going to have to wear that C. <coughs> Someone's going to have to take that position that Fabrizio has left. Um, that's that's a hard position to fill when your captain's just left to go and sign somewhere else. Mm. And you're going to have to face him later on the season multiple times. So it's we don't know one. whether he's just decided to leave Dundee Stars and then decided to resign, or was it... I would say it's the other way around. Maybe the Panthers have, have approached him. He he's not leaving until he's got another job lined up. Same way that any of us do. This is this is the way that this guy earns his money. So he has clearly had an approach from Nottingham, and then he has gone to Mace, told him what's going on, and has left Dundee, knowing that he has already signed a contract with Nottingham. They give him a glowing review in the in the in the the post. They they obviously they need to make some changes themselves and. The Panthers, I'm talking about that. You know, they need to make some changes themselves, and they think he's he's one of the guys to do it. So, oh, they, they I mean, there's no, there's absolutely no doubt that he shone in that Dundee Stars roster. That mm. that team is struggling, um, and he was one of the, the the key components of why they were so good in the Challenge Cup in the early stages of the Challenge Cup. Now that they're through and into the knockout stages. Losing a capable D man uh, like that is going to hurt their chances of progressing uh, on through. So yeah, it's it's interesting uh, to say the least. But probably not the most interesting signing made by an elite league team uh, this week. I would say uh, a rather interesting name uh, came across Twitter just yesterday. I believe. Um, this was the news that Manchester Storm have gone and picked up a third netminder. But not just any netminder. This one's a Brodeur. Yep. Yep. Marty a Brodeur's Brodeur. son, Jeremy Brodeur, has signed for the Manchester Storm. I'll say it again. The Manchester Storm have a Brodeur in nets. <laughs> Well, you know, maybe his dad will come and visit as well and watch a game or two. Um, come to the league and watch a couple of games, you know? You think Manchester are hoping he invests in the team? <laughs> well, no, probably not. But yeah, it's a, it was a, when, when, the, when the signing came up, um, was it yourself or was it Dave that sent the information, sent the, the, the link through? And I was, uh, it's just similar to you, I was just not, in sh- I wouldn't say in shock, but I was just like, I was definitely taken back by it. I was not expecting to read that. Um, I think it's a good, strong signing for them to bring in a, another goaltender um, of his caliber. Um, be interesting to see how he does in this league. Did you look Do at you his, think that uh, really his save percentage? No, go ahead, John. Did you see his save percentage uh, for the Oshawa Generals? 909. Uh, with a 2.81 goal against average. That's not an av- those are not average numbers. Those are those are good numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's a Memorial Cup winner as yep. well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yep. so he, he is coming with plenty uh, behind him. So much so that he, and I didn't even realise this at the time, this was the discussion that we had, I had no idea that he had previously been signed by the Sheffield Steelers. Yeah, I didn't know this until you'd mentioned it um, in our in our chat. I hadn't I hadn't realised either. Um, this is prior to COVID, wasn't it? Isn't that what you said? Yeah, so 20, 2019, um, he was signed in the, the year that never happened. Um, so players were signed in 2019 with the hope of returning to play, but it, it just never happened. Um, so yeah, Sheffield. He was he was a known quantity to the elite league. Who would have known? Um, but 
yeah, let's face it, Manchester are suddenly much more interesting. And yeah. considering the Giants have a game against them this weekend, I, I'm i going to be really, really interested to see, because he's in town, uh, he's already on socials, he's holding a jersey uh, on the rink, so he is he is ready to go. So I, I can't wait to see how that goes. Yep. Do you see that changing much there for the... Um, based on both of those last stories, what sixth is now in the Panthers, seventh Manchester Storm. It's kind of alluded that might those might play around earlier, but do you see them jumping up the league much with those two signings? I can see the middle of that that middle group maybe changing, but when you consider where we are and what we've got with games in hand and everything, like I said, we are going to move up that table. Uh, we have a long away stint. We all know what the Giants can do with long away stints, so I think we'll yeah. move up. I think they are still solidly middle table unless Brodeur all of a sudden starts doing shutout after shutout which let's face it he's not going to do he's he's a goalie he's not Superman um, he might be a good goalie he's still not Superman um, and he's not his dad uh, let's he's got the name but he's not his dad no. uh, if he was his dad he wouldn't be playing in the elite league um, so I don't doubt he's a bloody good netminder but Let's let's wait and see what he does. Let's see if he gets selected to start against the Giants. I'll be interested, uh, and I'll I'll keep a, a close eye. Might even get that webcast. He's a big, uh, big, big, big skist to fill, I guess, with that neat surname. I suppose it's always the problem. Is I guess it has always followed him. A lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, I have one more. Uh, I think for um, looking at signings and things before I I move on to a slightly different story. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna move down the leagues. I'm I'm gonna move down and uh, we're gonna have a look at the. I don't think I've ever said this in this podcast. We're gonna have a look at the Chelmsford Chieftains. Mm-hmm. Um, they have just signed a fairly interesting netminder uh, who we've spoken about on this podcast before with his time with the Guildford Phoenix. That's uh, former Chelsea and Arsenal goalkeeper Peter Cech. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, we spoke about him before. Um, he's got one of the most awesome netminder lids that I've seen for a while. He's He's got a few pounds, so he can go away and get one of those uh, custom lids made for himself. But he's got the, the Chelsea crest on one side, the um, Arsenal crest on the other side, and then he's got the um, GB flag uh, in the middle. And it just it looks uh, an absolute treat. And he's got a few other bits and pieces that allude to his football and history as well across the, the mask. But he has decided to take a, I want to say a step up um, as far as his ice hockey career is concerned. And he's he's moved to Chelmsford. They're up a level from where the Guildford Phoenix play. Um, and he, he got a good win. Uh, he got the win on his debut for the Chieftains. And can't, can't be argued with. Mm-hmm. I mean, do we... Do we think we're going to see um, Peter Cech moving up into the elite league? Probably not. No. <laughs> but it does absolutely no harm to these lower leagues to have someone like Peter Cech playing. Can you imagine what that does to the gate at those games? Um. Mm. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, if you if you. I mean, let's let's be honest. We're we're not the most football minded uh, hockey fans here. But sport tends to translate. People who tend to like one sport will tend to like another. I think football is one of those ones where probably quite a lot of hockey fans are also football fans, especially in England. 
uh, I would say that's probably even more true. Um, so I would expect that this will have a, a fairly decent impact. I think when Czech went to play for the Phoenix, I think their first few games where he played for them, I think their, their gate was pretty big. I think they were filling out um, the arena in Guildford, probably as, selling as, almost as many tickets as the Flames were. Um, and now, with that move up, that's going to do nothing but uh, but boost those leagues. So it's it's great to see. It's a great little story. It's also great to imagine that someone at the end of one career, kind of it's something to aspire to, that at the end of one career, you can move on to another career. Yeah, I mean, his save, save average for, for, for Guildford was, uh, was pretty impressive there. Uh, 0.931 was pretty good. Better numbers than Brodeur. Yeah. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> so... That's that one. That was just a, a little interesting piece. Oh, that's um, good. There is one more story. <laughs> I, I really like Murray's like, yeah, football. Yeah. <laughs> I, suppo- I suppose there's more tickets, possibly. Ooh, football. Who do you play for? <laughs> Our, football <Arsenal>. friends. <laughs> uh, guys, there's only one more story uh, left for period one. And this one comes from a uh, friend of the show, Anthony, over at uh, Banners on the Wall. Um... And this was the story we talked, I think, was it last podcast? Um, or maybe the podcast before about the EIHA um, were in a little bit of a pickle when it came to their um, sort of game centre um, and sort of game management software. So they, they had a previous product and it was announced by the EIHA that um, they were having problems um, rolling out uh, this new product called Spordle. Um, they couldn't lift the software off the shelf um, and just use it for what it needed to be used for. The press release that was put out at the time by the EIHA basically said that, uh, yes, we knew about this, but we um, signed a contract with Spordle and we've been working with them since April 2022. Now it turns out through some, uh, what can only be called investigative, investigative journalism, by uh, banners that uh, that's not the case in fact some directors in the EIHA are still not aware that the EIHA has signed a contract with Spordle to provide these services for the leagues so it's a little bit of a mess and for a league where the, the few times that we've spoken about this league we have commended the transparency and the manner in which the business has been conducted, especially when you look at how the Elite League does things and the fact that fans are completely cut out of the entire process. Now, unfortunately, this league is taking a bit of a reputational hit because we still, they still don't have uh, a system in place that allows for uh, updates of results. Statistics are not still coming through. They, they, other than stuff being written down on paper on game nights, they, they don't have uh, game sheet recording. They don't even have registration for their players. That's had to be done ad hoc this season. And it doesn't look like it's going to be in place anytime soon, um, which is really weird considering that this um, system, Spordle, is actually already in use in multiple leagues across the world in ice hockey. Um, so it, it's already doing what the EIHA wants it to do in those other leagues so to say that they can't use an off-the-shelf product doesn't seem to ring true um and we'll we'll throw the piece up um that uh that anthony has has done 
Uh, it's a really, really good read. Uh, and I know that a few of um, the other British hockey um, sort of podcasts or social media um, guy, like the 4,000 and Counting guys, they're, they've been looking at this. Um, obviously, Banners has been looking at it. This is a bit of a mess and a huge reputational hit to this league. Um, guys, I, I don't know if you've had a chance to read this, but have you, have you got any thoughts on yeah. sort of what this where this leaves the eiha no i just kind of you know as kind of you've mentioned it just it just it's it's a and we kind of mentioned it in our last in the last podcast it's just a mess like it's just the fact that i think that the poor communication the poor kind of um development of it especially over you know the fact that like some of the board members didn't even know or hadn't even you know that there was a transition happening and the fact that the even with the final product is ready that whether or not there's actually a full contract in order to use the actual product um because i don't think they had full full board um agreement and stuff and i think that's the whole big issue around it too it's just it's a mess it's a mess and it's, it's unusual to see as you say john and i we we constantly on this podcast will always give kudos to um you know to the league to to, to the, the league and how it's run because they are very transparent they are very open and honest about things that are happening they tell us what's they tell you what's going on and i think this is definitely a a, a misstep in um from them um and it's it's unusual to see it is i'm still confused what the actual problem is though because so is is it just that they they have they have this platform it it is an off the shelf plat- platform that works in other leagues but the board members just don't know what the right and left hand are doing and i honestly like i've read through this um this piece a couple of times and what i'm getting from it is that the the previous um system that they were using fixtures live was scheduled to be to be stopped the the manufacturer of the software was terminating support for it and they were terminating support for it back in 2020, 2021. Now, the EIHA spoke to Fixtures Live, and for the 2021-22 season, they were able to maintain that system. They were the only league, they were the only sporting league across the world who were still using that platform. So they knew for well over a year and a half that they were coming to the end of the term of life for the previous system. Now, when I... Talk about it being like a game center thing. It's it's not just that. It's not about league tables and results and all the rest of it. This is how they register their players. This is how they run the league. This is how they mm. do their fixtures. Um, and all the stats and everything that comes around that is based on this system. The issue then comes that the league said that they had sorted all this, they knew that Fixtures Live was coming to an end, they were in the process of fixing something, <coughs> and that they had agreed and made signed an agreement in April. It now seems that that's not the case. And that actually, the statement that came out didn't really have the backing and the understanding of all the board of directors. What actually seems to have happened is that the agreement to use Spordal only came in September of this year. So wow. literally, as games were starting was when they were starting to look or when they were signing agreements. By that point, they should have had player registration done. They should have had their fixtures organised. What they've ended up having to do is go complete Bush League and do it all on paper and via emails and have a completely ad hoc system in place for registering players with teams. So this has been a significant misstep by the league. Um, Now, the league did give a statement to Anthony um, and they say the EIHA board acknowledges that the transition to Spordal has been and continues to be challenging. We apologise for the disruption this has caused members and thank everyone for their continued patience while we undertake the significant infrastructure change. 
Um, they go on uh, to say that they appreciate the uh, the current. They are currently far from perfect, uh, and as with any organization, confusion and miscommunication can occur. Um, that statement seems to be trying to cover for the fact that they have miscommunicated what the current situation was with Spordle. Um, I think the problem that some people will have is, well, that came from your your own channels. It wasn't a statement that you gave to anyone in particular. You put that statement out. You put it out there that this was the situation, and now it's not. Um, it's definitely a bad look, but um, fingers crossed things start getting better. Um, now, Anthony does cover both sides as well, and he does say that from what he's seen of the product on the EIHA website, it does look like it will do the job. It does look like it will do the job well. Uh, and he does make the point of saying that it's used in junior and senior leagues in all over Canada. It can do the job. The rollout of it is the problem. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, from, it's a From an IT mistake. perspective, you can, you can understand that like changing a core piece of infrastructure like that in any organization doesn't if you, if you take hockey out of it and just think about what you do in your own day-to-day work and that core system that you're you're you work with got ripped out and uh and new one was put in it's going to cause a lot of that you know it's a lot of confusion within I the company can, change but, but they you, did have the time yeah they, they and that's a, that's what i would say it'd be it'd be a different matter if you were in the, in the workplace and all of a sudden one day you're using one piece of software and then all of a sudden the next day you're starting to have to use because the other one's completely just been taken away, just been ripped away from you all of a sudden as john kind of mentioned like the fact that the, the this league knew um back in 2019 20 whatever it was that that they would have to start looking at an alternative solution and they didn't really pull the trigger at that point to start looking at okay let's start embedding this over the next year or so to allow for free you know transition to allow for that kind of learning to happen over the course of a longer period of time um but all of a sudden it's just like sudden it's like okay well we're gonna have to move from this straight onto this and it's like okay well are we gonna get anything on it and it's like nope just ripping off the band-aid let's go kind of thing um but I, i get what you mean Aaron. it's yeah they had time they did Listen, it's something that we will definitely keep an eye on. Uh, I know that we've spoken, I think, multiple times about uh, bringing Anthony on to give us the the proper rundown of all this uh, and the goings on in EIHA. Uh, and it's probably something, especially around this, that we should we should probably definitely look to to bring him in on, bring in the expert uh, on the subject. Uh, but he does say, and that hopefully we'll start getting some clarification because the um, the AGM of the member clubs is uh has to be held by the end of december this year so uh there should be uh, an update coming fairly soon uh, on what's going on there and we will try to keep abreast of it all yep um okay uh that's the final story in our period but we do have two pieces for our penalty box so we'll get stuck into our penalty box for this period And similar to period one, uh, John did most of the work for these for the, for the penalty boxing, but he is munching on a sandwich. So I'm going to continue on. Um, there is two uh, dops uh, dops um, 
I suppose um, announcements since uh, in this last week. Um, the the player, the Department of Player Safety, has announced um, that the Storm uh, player, two Storm players, um, both receive fines. Ruddy and Critchlow um, both receiving fines. Um, effective immediately, Manchester Storms number fourteen Ches Ruddy is fined for his actions: a fighting aggressor and an instigator. At eight seconds, the incident will be recorded on the player's record for the remainder of the 2022-2023 season. And Manchester Storms number th- number eleven Cameron Critchlow is fined for his actions instigating a second altercation at 34.47. The incident will also be recorded on the player's record for the remainder of the 2022-2023 season. Again, fine. Did you guys see all of this stuff and yeah. what led to all this? Yeah. So, I think a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of podcasts ago, sorry, um, there was a, a Steelers Storm game. Davy Phillips got banned for a check to head. This is the the pretty awful check that we spoke about on the podcast. Uh, Davy rises into the check, and yeah, it was it was a poor poor check. Um, Chas Ruddy has has gone after Davy. This is the first game since, and has basically offered him out at the face off and said, "Do you want to go, Davy? Be it Davy, like we we know Davy. He's a known quantity." He's a wind-up on the ice. He is a bit of a rink rat. Um, he said, absolutely no. Don't want anything to do with it. And do you know what? Like, for these plays, we are seeing more dirty plays and people aren't being held up to them because the physicality is going out of this game. Um, I absolutely understand why Ruddy has gone after him in the way that he has and he's instigated the fight. Um, that's all well and good. And I'm totally here from cleaning the bag of Davy for that because I think he's due it. Uh, in the spirit of the game um, but at the same time I totally understand why the league have had to take a stance on this one then it's following on from that this game descended Like there's only this one other additional piece has been made on uh, Cam Crutchlow this game descended there were scraps and altercations all over the ice for mm-hmm. the rest of that game yep. the interesting thing to me is that no Steelers players have been pulled on this because it wasn't just... I mean, Manchester won't, weren't going out like the Broad Street Bullies. Like, they they were being as physical and the Steelers were giving it back uh, as well. So the fact that there's no Steelers have been fined in amongst all this as well is somewhat bemusing because I think it could have easily gone both ways as well. Yep, 100%. But the point I think you were going to make, Marty... What's a fine in the Elite League? Exactly. Is it 50p or is it five grand? Who knows? Exactly. And where does the money go? Who cares? Uh, the last Two pot noodles. The the last um, Dops um, decision that has um, to just ha- have a quick chat about, guys, is this one for Anthony DeLuca from Manchester Storm as well. Um, on Sunday afternoon, the Nottingham game, um, Anthony DeLuca was assessed a minor penalty for slashing. Um, if the, if you've watched the video, um, you'll see that the um, the Brassard, um who's Panthers defenseman is in control of the puck setting up a breakout play DeLuca uh, then puts on a bit of pressure um, who makes basically then DeLuca then chooses yeah to he skip. does uh, DeLuca then chooses to skate past Brizard and as he does so he uses his toe uh, or the uh, of a stick to jab and make contact with the unsuspecting Brizard, um, which is obviously seen as a spear um, the supplementary discipline is the choice of contact uh, that DeLuca has made um, so he, the fact that he chose to do it this isn't a hockey play regardless of puck possession all contact here um, especially with the stick is completely unavoidable um, the use of the stick in this manner is reckless and high potential to injury Brizard. Um therefore he has received uh, the one game ban um, and did they get and fine as well unknown fine um yeah 
I, I would question, with the way that he goes down, whether or not Broussard may have had uh, all of his gear on properly. <laughs> yes. Uh, feels, going down feels on knee looks, like that. <laughs> feel, feels and looks very much like he may have been missing a key item of uh, protective clothing for that game. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have a look at the video, folks, and see what you think. Yep. <laughs> Indeed. Um, that's it. That's the two we've got for from Dops for this week. Um, I don't think we have anything else. Uh, so what we'll do is we'll get moved on to our period two of hockey. Am I doing yeah, period two? Yeah, yeah. That would be you, yeah. Yeah. You should know this by now. That if Dave's not around, it's you. <laughs> I just love that if anybody who has anybody who's not watching the, the YouTube um, feed of this, uh, Aaron was just sitting there like just bopping his head away. And I was like, okay, anytime, Aaron. Sorry, I was at... Yeah. I was in the middle of taking a bite of my sausage sandwich as well, and you were looking at me going, what are you doing? Why are you eating? What are you doing? Why are you eating? Why are you eating? So, hey, hey, welcome to period two, everybody. This is what we talk about in international hockey from anywhere else that's not the UK. Um, as uh, Marty alluded to earlier, no, actually, we've got, each of us have a story this time. We do. This is interesting. We do. I'm going, John, I'm going to let you continue eating your sandwich. Um, and we're going to go to Marty first. Yeah, um, I think uh, I think this story is probably the one to lead with anyway, um, because it is the story that is pretty much dominating the news uh, in the NHL um, and, and across the hockey um, and, and hockey across the pond. Um, and that is obviously the the story of um, Boston Bruins rescinding the contract for Mitch Mitchell Miller. Um, Boston decided to take back their 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 contract or rescind the contract. Um, following, were they able to though? Yeah, yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that. I read something last night that. They oh no, they, they they. I think you're right. They 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 demoted him down to. Uh, he's to, he's gone to the A. The A, yeah, he's he has. The so yeah. they. So that this is a this is a completely messed up situation. Um, the the biggest issue that a lot of people are having is that no one in the Boston Bruins organization is owning up to this. Um, now, is it worth going into the detail of this? I don't think it is. I think no, anyone I think, who's in no, who I think it's, hockey, I think it's worth mentioning for anybody who's not maybe into the NHL or who's not fully aware of what's going okay, on. Okay, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you introduce it and then basically we can have a chat just about it. to kind of give you a brief overview of what's going on and the reasons why these decisions were made um, was that um, I suppose it was revealed or there was a, um, a, a basically stuff came out. Um, obviously, Miller is a very very young player and was being signed to um, a contract quite early on. It's an entry level contract for the Bruins um, and. And there was a revelation that came out that was information in relation to bullying, um, at some, which was very serious bullying. Uh, Miller, at the age of 14, um, was convicted in a bullying incident where he and another teenager were accused of tricking a black classmate into eating uh, sweets candy that had been placed in a urinal. Um Miller and another teen admitted to doing the bullying uh, in a juvenile court and were sentenced to do community service according to um, uh, basically yeah it was announced there um, now I think the re- the big thing about this and the big thing to be thinking about is that at the age of 14 he made a and this does not condone bullying in any way because obviously we do not condone it's bullying is awful across all accounts but what is really important to think about here is this young man who's 20 years of age now did something really really stupid when he was 14 years of age and now has to live with those consequences it just shows that at young age even no matter what age you are how young you are 
you should be thinking about your consequence the consequences of what you do and those actions that you take at a very early age and how they can impact your future career in any shape or form and it doesn't just apply to hockey that applies to anything that you do any career that you go into because things like this can simply pop up and this is exactly what has happened obviously this was announced that this that he was involved with this when he was 14 years of age the Bruins would have known about this um let's be honest um the Bruins would have known that he was he had a a record well a juvenile he would have been trialed as juvenile because obviously they would have had to do their due diligence um and then it's either that something decided that they would still move forward with this or and, and they thought well let's not do anything about it unless someone mentions it and obviously it's come out of the woodwork it was revealed the family of this young this young lad who was bullied obviously were just like this is you know although i did see today that the family did come out and say that if you know if they did approach us and just said to us you know if someone approached us and had a chat with us or even if mitch you know mitchell had come had approached us and, and spoke to us or his family had come and spoke to us you know it maybe have got wouldn't have got to the stage where this is where we are now with it in terms of you know him losing his contract and everything else so it's it's an interesting take from that point of view but as you say he the boston have made a decision at this point to terminate that contract and remove him from the nhl but move him down to uh feeder teams um providence did i did someone say did i hear yeah, providence yeah. bruins yeah am i not wrong and say am i wrong in saying that was it not not just that it was a, <clears throat> a classmate but it was a developmentally disabled classmate as well though was that not a massive part of this um, i appreciate bullying sure. is but bullying is bullying don't don't get me wrong, but the, 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 the a massive part of this is that it was a development disabled classmate as well. I'm not 100. percent I'm not 100 uh, either. It would make it. I can understand how it would make sense with the vitriol that's been seen with all this, but I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to comment on that whether it is or isn't true because I haven't read anything of that. the The biggest problem that there seems to have been, and like you, you said it, Marty. That this is a, a kid who was 14 and did something that was incredibly stupid, incredibly immature. Um, he looks like he has lost the opportunity for uh, something that loads of kids would love to do, and that's to play in the NHL. The, the major issue seems to be about the lack of contrition uh, from mm. him going forward. Now, in the, the signing announcement when that was made, he had said that uh, he made a, an extremely poor decision and acted very maturely. He said that he had deeply regretted the incident and he had apologised to the individual since the incident. Um, the reason that this then blew up is the family uh, of the, the, the kid that he had bullied came out and said that we've had absolutely nothing. Uh, and the apology, as it seems to have been, was brought about because of his impending signing and it was done through social media it was done as far as i understand it was done through instagram an instagram dm that's what i heard as well yeah Yeah. so that that is not an act of contrition that is an act of let's cover our backsides because we're about to sign you um that's that's not a great look on the bruins and a lot of bruins fans have been really really upset about this and they're asking who in the Bruins organisation is going to take the fall for this? Um, now, Cam Neely, uh, who I think is the director of hockey um, for the Bruins, um, obviously a well-known player, storied history himself, um, he has been the one who's been put forward to the press uh, and deal with the situation as it's been unfolding. Um, but this is a situation that was made 
even worse because of all people to get involved, Gary Bettman got involved and effectively said that the Bruins did not consult us on the signing and Gary Bettman made the decision that he was ineligible to be signed and play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um, which, when the story I'd read before, I think he's obviously been put down to the A, so his NHL signing or his chances of playing in the NHL are now gone. Now, Gary Bettman has since said that he would have to see um, significant evidence uh, to the contrary of him being completely uncontritional uh, to even consider letting him play in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Um I'll be totally honest, this is one of the few big W's, as far as I'm concerned, for Gary Bettman, as far as organisationally against the Bruins, I think, 100%. Uh, an example has to be set. But there is always the argument of, you do something at 14, how long do you pay for that? Mm-hmm. As an adult, someone can go and admit something, like he did, serve a sentence and then is expected to be treated no differently than anyone else after that. Now, that obviously depends on the what's been ha- what's happened, what the crime, let's call it, was. Uh, obviously, some crimes and some uh, issues will stay with the person uh, no matter what, and that'll affect what they can do. Um, this one, it's, it's a funny one. It, it's that your entire life uh, is potentially massively impacted by something you do when you're not physically or mentally mature enough at 14 uh, to consider what's going to be impactful for the rest of your life. So it, it does raise those big questions. Uh, and it's an interesting one to see see how it's going to go. It the biggest also, one is I'll be interested to see if Providence play him. It should also be noted mm. as well that this is the actually the second NHL team who have parted ways with him. Obviously, um, Miller was drafted by Arizona initially um, in 2020 um, through the draft, um, which was four years after this incident happened. Um, he, at the time during that stage, um, Miller sent a letter to all 31, N, 31 NHL teams acknowledging that his behavior, what what he had done, um, and had said, obviously as you mentioned um, earlier on, it was he apologized in inverted commas for his behavior. Obviously not in a in any kind of you know sincere so this looking is, this way. This has been going on for two years. Well, then this is the thing. So the Coyotes drafted Miller, and they knew of this this um, conviction in two thousand and sixteen, but the team end up parting ways with Miller because they, t- they came under a lot of criticism and a lot of um, heat from um, from people within the circles, within the, the higher-ups in, 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 um, in, you know, there in Phoenix. Um, and and, and they basically they parted ways with him. Uh, but then obviously Boston picked him up and, and were offering him a, an, an interview contract um, as part of follow-up. And obviously then this has came out because obviously the, the young man in question who was bullied um, has basically said that there was no sincerity in it and there's absolutely no contrition and there's nothing to show that there's any actually any significant change to his behaviour from whatever had happened to now. So it's an interesting one. Um, but as you say, John, it'll be interesting to see what does happen moving forward in terms of, you know, with his move down to Providence and if Providence do decide to, to run with it or not. That's a, it's a, such a difficult one, but like two years ago, he was 18. So he's had two years and he's 20 now. And they apologize via an Instagram DM. Like, he, it is not, that, and you, you have to, for that one, like, you have to start thinking generationally as well. Um, like for us, that's not an act of contrition. Like we're we're not of that generation, um, and it it doesn't smack of an apology for us. But does it to that generation? Mm. It's it's all about perception. 
Who knows? All right. Okay, I think we shall uh, move on. Um, John, you have an interesting one. Evander Kane makes uh, a return to period two. We haven't had Evander Kane for a while now. He does, yeah. Um, so this was uh, the story a couple of days ago. Um, Kane uh, was playing for the Oilers against the Bolts and uh, Pat Maroon skated across him after he had got tied up with Myers at the boards. And now I'll admit, the first couple of times I watched this video, I didn't really get didn't what I was watching. It's hard to see it. I didn't see it. And to be honest, the first thing I saw was actually um, Maroon's knee going to his head. I actually thought he was knocked out for a split second, uh, yeah. the way that he, he's on the ice. But no, Pat Maroon's skate, as he goes past, manages to bypass the glove and the jersey of um, Evander Kane and catches him on the wrist, on the bare wrist. And it's a bit of a mess. Mm -hmm. um, there's an awful lot of blood on the ice and he gets up pretty quick and he's over to the boards. Thankfully, he's on the, the same side of the ice as the as the benches. He's straight over to the trainer and you can see him shouting. Um, and the trainer gets the, the towels on straight away. Um, now, there was there were different reports as to what happened following that and what happened in the locker room. Um, there were reports of uh, people having been shouting, help, help, help. Uh, now, whatever's happened, the backroom staff, paramedics um, and uh, coaching staff have been able to um, stem whatever bleeding was going on. It looked like it was a lot of bleeding. Um, and he was transferred to a medical centre. And the next day, um, he put out a tweet saying, thank you all for the kind wishes and prayers uh, from over the past several hours. Obviously, the last night was an extremely scary moment for me, and I'm still a little bit of shock. I'd like to thank the entire training staff of the Edmonton Oilers and Tampa Bay Lightning, along with all the doctors and paramedics who rushed to help treat and repair my injury. Without all of you, I know things would have been much worse, and I'm sincerely grateful. I won't be back next game, but I will be back, and I look forward to being back on the ice, playing the game I love alongside my teammates in front of our great fans. Um, now, since then, as well, um, and guys, I, I haven't put the link to this in, but I, I will eventually, um, the Oilers have confirmed that Kane is likely to miss two to three months um, with this injury. Um, that, to me, would suggest that um, it's obviously not just a flesh wound. Tendon um, or something. It's obviously involved um, some, some serious blood uh, loss as well, and probably a fair amount of patching and surgery has been required um, mm. I wonder if there's other damage mm. in there as well and that's why they're potentially looking at a bit of physio uh, as well to bring him back um, to to full uh, if he can um, now I know that we've had our we've had our comments to make about Evander Kane um, and let's be perfectly honest he is still playing in the league he is doing a job and nobody should go to their job and uh, get injured doing their job, uh, regardless of everything around it. Um, so some of the social media um, stuff that went around this, a lot of people um, obviously saying, oh, I hope he's okay, that's a really serious situation. Uh, even Pat Maroon was interviewed after the game, and they were asking, have you ever seen anything like that before? Um, some people questioning whether Maroon could have uh, taken diversionary action and not made any sort of contact either with the skate or the knee to Kane um, that he wasn't really questioned about but that, that's popped up 
but also some of the comments circulating around this, um, not least from his ex-partner who had made the uh, some of the allegations against him uh, with regards to his, his personal life. Um, basically, I think her statement was something like, all smiles here, and then she uh, advertised Ooh. her OnlyFans um, through through Evander's injury. So, look, he's not sparkly That's not classy. That's not classy at all. Um, but look, nope. he's not sparkly white. Um, nobody came out of the, the situation around Evander Kane sparkly white, uh, not least of all himself um, or his ex. But again, nobody should have to no. go through an injury like that. No. That's a scary, scary injury. Yeah, it was. Um, it was definitely. What were you guys' thoughts when you saw yeah, it? Yeah. Again, anytime you see an injury like this, where it involves a skate, um, and you see that amount of blood just coming out so quickly, it's a scary moment. And seeing his face, and just like as you say, like you know, um, we've had our. He looked thoughts. terrified. He's terrified, and you could see it in his face. Yeah. And you just when you see something like that, you just think you just think. Oh, it could have been so much worse. Um, and again, just going back to one last thing, and just on, on my thoughts on something that you mentioned there, John. Um, because as, as I say, I've seen it. This is going around too, just about whether it was an, there was an intention or non-intentional and stuff. And and, and again, I, I'll kind of come back to that too because I did see those comments, and it's hard to know because when you watch it back, and as you said, like the first time I watched this, and the first I seen this, I thought to myself, "Where's the contact or where is it going on?" But there is. It's subtle. It's very subtle and you see his leg, you see his foot come up um, and over his wrist just slightly and it's quite quick. And again, I do wonder myself, I do wonder what was in his thinking in relation to lifting his foot up instead of just kind of like skating. I, my, I don't know. My biggest, my biggest thing with it is it, it is so, so difficult to When you're to watching something in and, slow motion. Yeah, you're, you're watching it in slow motion, but also like, it's one of those freak things. Like if he's skating through in any other time, and he does, he does lift his foot. It's not like he's gone down um, and tried to skate through the arm. But at any other time, you would expect that you're either going to hit glove or you're going to hit jersey. Like to 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 find a gap. I think to yeah. suggest. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the play is still happening just behind where Evander's still sitting on the ice. Maroon's gone in to to play the puck I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't think that you can actively say that he could look and saw that there was a gap between the jersey and the glove and thought I'm going to have a go at that yeah like yep. I couldn't do that with a knife in my hand let alone with a knife on my foot yep yeah yeah so yep. I I I think it's, I I think it's bit... unlikely I think it's unlikely and I don't think you can press that down at, at, at Pat Maroon no could he have taken more precaution possibly but got to play the puck. The whistle hadn't yeah. gone. You've got to play the game. He, he would get he would get slated on the other side if he'd stopped playing. If if he tried to skate around a guy on the ice, um, I think to be honest, like every other blade on skin incident we've ever seen, I think it's a freak accident. I think it's highly worrying. I think it's never good to see that. It's never good to see any blood on the ice, but not to see a, a skate to skin blood on the ice. Yeah, because uh, they are, they are worrying, but. I think it's just it's just a hockey incident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, we wish him a speedy recovery. Um, definitely. Um, and if you are in any way screamish, don't go watch the video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, definitely not. Well, you can probably watch it th- like two times before you realize what's going on. Then you'll see the blood. Then you'll see the blood. And then, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Watch it once. <laughs> so we're going to move on to our uh, last story of the period. Um, 
And this is one that has been making us rounds for, I think, about a week now, mm-hmm. has it? Yep. yep. Um, so um, before I drop the, 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 the A-lister, it, it involves... Um, who does it involve? Yeah, <laughs> it so... Involves, um, involves the, uh, 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 senators. Yep. And unfortunately, um, a while back, their, their former, former owner, Eugene Melnick, uh, passed away. And it has sparked the beginning of the process to sell the NHL franchise. Uh, at the moment, I, th- I believe it's his daughters that are looking after it is. Uh, the whole process at the moment. It's his daughters, and they've retained a, a sports company to, to handle the sale. Yes, I actually I had to get Google to pronounce that uh, sports company name uh, because I was like, I, I can't say that name. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, so... Basically, uh, and then there was a fear that, well, if they're going to get uh, if they're going to get sold, are they going to be moved out of uh, um, out of the, the the capital there? Are they going to get moved pushed out of um, Ottawa? Um, and a fan reached out to um, a, quite a famous Canadian. You might have heard of him, have, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. He sounds familiar. Can you just enlighten me to maybe how we would know him? Um, apparently he owns some Welsh football club. Oh, um, right. Okay. I, I, think that, I think that's the height of his, uh, right. his fame. Okay. <laughs> yes. Our very own Deadpool, um, was questioned on Twitter, uh, whether he would be interested to buy, uh, the senators. And uh, he just replied back with a wee thinking face. Now at the time you could think, well, that's just a little bit of tongue in cheek, but he has been on, um, J- Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, yep. Jimmy, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. And he was asked about it, and he was he he's he's fairly thinking about it. He talked about needing a sugar daddy to help him pay for it. It's it's not cheap. Or, or multiple not, sugar daddies. Yeah, or multiple sugar. I think, daddies. So I think if you're if you're a sugar daddy, you can reach out to Ryan Reynolds and and, and talk about buying an I think what's interesting in this case is that obviously um, for anybody who if you haven't watched it, and, and we made a joke earlier on about the whole thing, the fact I'm not really a football fan and whatever else. I'm not a football fan, but I did watch um, the the, um, the Wrexham, you know, TV show that yep. one. Welcome that to Wrexham. Welcome to Wrexham. And it was really, really well done. But um, it's funny because in the first episode of that, obviously Rob Delaney, who is the co-owner of Wrexham, had mentioned the fact that he wanted to buy this this team in Wrexham. And he's like, but how do, how do I know that has, you know, um, movie money? Hollywood has A-lister money. A-list, Hollywood A-lister money has um, hard alcohol money has money Gym for money. cyber uh, cyber security company money blah, blah blah you know joking around about all of that and obviously he went around and this is kind of ryan's way of uh, on this interview ryan was kind of saying the same thing only because he knows himself that this uh, it's a significant chunk of money to buy the ottawa senators what compared was it, to what it was by 65 million something like that they're they're the third they're the third cheapest nhl franchise because of their i think the yokes and maybe florida are the only cheaper ones um let me let me me talk and i'll bring up the list yep um Um. so yeah pretty pretty interesting one of my favorite things that's come out of this especially on on social media because ryan reynolds basically lives his entire life on social media um, is one of the first I can't remember if one of you guys put it in our group chat I think it was Marty someone, shared it someone edited the Senator's logo immediately with the Deadpool face Deadpool. which is yeah. fantastic now can you imagine like the, how his TV he must have got some money from Fox uh, or FX or Disney for the Welcome to Wrexham uh, TV show so that, that must have softened the blow a little bit of buying a, a National League football team can you imagine 
the Disney money that comes for <laughs> Ryan Reynolds buying an NHL franchise. I mean, mm-hmm. he doesn't need Welcome a sugar daddy. <laughs> what he actually needs is Hugh Jackman, who he's managed to get back for uh, Deadpool 3 anyway. So can you imagine Deadpool and Wolverine owning the Senators? Because <laughs> that you know the Disney money truck got backed up into Hugh Jackman's front garden. Yep. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's who's got all the money is Hugh Jackman. That that's who he needs to speak to. Um but he does he seems to be enjoying Wrexham. Um there's a quote here I've only been an owner of the football club for a very short time so far I've found it very time consuming emotionally exhausting financially idiotic of course uh, but utterly addictive so um, well I mean if you want a financial black hole why not go with a team who are constantly in the bottom quarter of the NHL and uh, (laughs) a leading a leading money loss uh, when it comes to franchises um (laughs) My interesting thing was, um, Marty, I know that you, you, I think, put up the piece that had all the figures and everything on yeah, it. Yeah, and I can't I think find you're it looking now. for it now. Yeah, I can't find it. I could not believe, well, I could and I couldn't believe who the top most valuable team was. I mean, I, I can believe it because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. I was going to say it's the Leafs, surely. The value, however, was insane. $2.3 billion. Yeah. That franchise is worth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got Ryan Reynolds who might be picking up the Ottawa Senators from just down the road. For 600 for, and something. Uh, for a few million. Oh, was it 600 million? 600 million or something, yeah. 660. It's, it's, it's absolutely yeah. mental. But you, you talked about them potentially having to, or being forced out, or it being a, yeah. like a, a franchise sale that a new owner might move them out. Um, part of the sale is that the team must stay. Oh, Ottawa. okay. Oh, very good. Um, so that that has been stipulated um, that because of Eugene Melnick's um, history with Ottawa, his charitable, charitable foundations that he set up linked to the team, um, that uh, and also given the franchise history, that the Ottawa Senators must remain in Ottawa. So this is not a sale to move, this is a sale to stay, um, which is... Hopefully, what someone like Ryan can come in and do as part of a, a conglomerate deal, which would be just amazing well, to see. Deadpool night in the sense. Yeah, what we could do is that uh, like Marty and I always joke, joke about buying, you know, or winning the Euro Millions. But have you heard about the the lottery tickets over in America at the moment? Two was it something? What did I see that? Two point two billion. Two point two billion or something. Two point two billion. Someone did you also see that the guy who sold him that Powerball ticket, just a shop owner. Won a million oh, because he sold them the ticket. Yeah, yeah, someone won it. Someone won so it. Oh, I didn't, I didn't someone know won someone it. won it yet. Yep. Oh, that just one person. My plan. One person won That's it. That's crazy. And the shop owner who sold them the ticket just was given a million by the company. Oh, crazy. the company. So it's not even the guy who won. Not the, the guy. Not the guy. Powerball just gave him a million. So he hit a button to sell a ticket to make a profit himself. And he won a million. He he probably got the million because it's probably it's probably to do with whoever the wherever the winning ticket comes from gets a a little bit of like a here here's your thing for selling the tickets because you gonna be sell a, our tickets. That's that's going to be a well stocked Seven Eleven. Yeah. So I think it's I think it's, one is that, person won two point two billion. That's crazy. Yeah, but bear in mind you have to pay tax on that in America. So oh, that's that's going to strip you. That's gonna that's gonna cost you a billion dollars or so. That's gonna cost you a billion. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, I think that takes us to the end of period two. So we shall move uh, swiftly on to period three. Welcome to period three. This is our general knocking knock knock news. news. Uh, excuse me while I uh, pour one out here for uh, the third period. Um, knocking news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't fit neatly into periods one or two. Uh, guys, there's only a couple of things to talk about in uh, this period. And uh, I'm going to start the way that uh, I went on in period one. I'm going to start over here in Scotland. Um, guys, we we know that the Edinburgh Caps are back. We we know that they've played their first homecoming game. Unfortunately, it was a loss uh, to the Aberdeen Lynx. But the big talking point is the bar. Caps bar. Now, we talked about Fife investing in their scoreboard. Have you guys seen the pictures of the new bar at Murrayfield? Yep. What's going on there? That's that's nice. It's it's yeah. What a place! I know. It looks insane. It used to look like like a nineteen sixties like school lunch hall, and I'm pretty sure the chairs and tables were so low that they actually came from an old school. But now it looks like it's solidly from the mid nineties. <laughs> it, it did move up a couple of decades. Definitely, <laughs> it really did. When you. I joke, it, it looks better than it's from like the mid-90s, but um, it actually looks incredible. The, the big screens that show you the the game like that's going on on the ice, it's amazing. It's incredible. As soon as I seen, the first thing, um, and I, I meant to put this in our group chat, and, I, and I, I forgot to put this in here. The first thing, whenever, uh, I think it was Dave that sent this through the link to it initially. I think Dave was the first one to put it on put it on to because I think he was looking at it and he sent it through. Um, and the first thing that uh, that struck me was whenever I seen, obviously, the, the amount of effort and the amount of investment they've put into, you know, obviously the ice, they've put, the amount of development that they've been putting into the, the fan experience with the whole new bar and, and everything else and trying to fix all, all that up and make it more welcoming and inviting and that sort of stuff and as you say John the TV thing and everything else straight away in my head I was just like this is a future focused team this is a future focused owner who's focusing mm. solely on our place should be back in the elite league and therefore we need to start prepare, we need to start preparing ourselves so that when we get to that point where we can advance that we're, we're ready to go we have the infrastructure here ready to go so that whenever we put our application back into the elite to join back we have the infrastructure here that will allow us then to still give fan experience and do all that we need to do in order to kind of um, to, I suppose compete with those other teams Fife, Dundee, Glasgow obviously close to home but obviously ultimately the elite league that was my thoughts my opinions maybe I'm wrong I don't know maybe you guys think differently from me no, I think I think you're no. spot on. I mean, we we spoke about this and we've said it would be great to see the Caps back in the Elite League just because they're the Caps and we love going to Murrayfield. But you're 100% right. This this investment isn't for no reason. The the bar is not called the Caps bar just because the Caps happen to play there. This is uh, a, a joined up approach to uh, a franchise that they're looking to build there. This doesn't now feel like uh an ice operation, a, a, an arena operation, which is going to suddenly take the ice away from this this team uh, and give it to a, a high, slightly higher bidder like they did, or the previous owner, sorry, did with the uh, Murrayfield Racers. Uh, I, I don't think that's a situation we're going to find ourselves in. And the fact that it's share branding uh, as well, 
absolutely says we're here for I the I do want to ask ball. a question, John, though. Yep. Does no one like standing in Scotland? No. Like, no, no. It, it just well, seems... We're, 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 a, we're, a large, we're a large people for a reason. We, we like our fried food. You, you think of our bars. We don't have that many tables and chairs in a, in a bar. Like, that's, that's yeah, a school I, dinner hall. I, I get what you mean. There is, I, I, there is I, a lot. I would, I would temper that, that we, we base that on the fact that the, the arena in the SSE, for example, it's an event space, it's a concert space, it's a, an ice hockey space. What it isn't is a public skating rink, which is what Murrayfield also is. Um, so it's catering to multiple um, sort of demographics here. So it's catering to the ice hockey crowd who are coming to see the Caps. It's also catering to the parents who bring kids to skating lessons, to um, groups who might want to rent out <coughs> the bar. Uh, and they might well just have the bar open without games being on. Um, so it, it, they're giving it that, that pub feel, I think, is what they're what they're doing. And that's, that's the difference between a rink and an arena as well, uh, is that there's a different expectation uh, yeah. of it there as well. A and actually, I think functional that, room. Absolutely. Um, and I think they probably sell their hot food from there as well, uh, wow. if I remember right. I think that's where you used to be able to go and get uh, like chips or something was up at the bar, wasn't it? I do joke. It does look really well, and I really appreciate that it looks... Um, it's teal. If, if I remember so, correctly... Yeah, it, feels, it feels very giancy. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I think the food was down on the ground floor, just near the entrance, I think. There was a, like a hot food, like hot dog that, That's true of Fife. That's mm, true of Fife. I, I can't confused? remember if it was the same for Murrayfield. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been and a long to time. To be honest, every single time I've been in Murrayfield, I've been drunk, and more than half of those times I brought my own beer in and nobody questioned me. Okay, I thought that would get a bigger response, but never mind. <laughs> Wow, left me hanging there, guys. Thanks for that. Um, right, more important. Last weekend, um, Boomerang Corner played an absolute blinder uh, at the game against Cardiff. Um, the guys at BC managed to spread an absolutely fantastic mental health message um, that in the land of the Giants, it's okay to talk. Um, they handed out 1,500 mental health awareness leaflets um, to both the Teal Army and to away fans from the Cardiff Devils. Um, they've also made the, the same material available uh, by, via their social channels. Uh, you can go on, there's a QR code uh, that you can scan and you can get the, um, the leaflet that they have designed there. And Guys, any chat of mental health is, is a good thing. Uh, and I think BC can only be applauded for the work that they, they do and they continue to do, especially uh, around this area, around mental health. So, guys, massive congrats. That's uh, a huge thing that you've done, uh, that you've organised, and uh, it's all for a fantastic cause. And you guys said it best online, that if you reach one person, then it's all completely worth it. So, massive congrats to you guys uh, for, for seeing that through, and massive stick taps from us. Um Guys, do you have anything to add on that? Um, only thing I have to add is, um, obviously, uh, as you, you've you've mentioned most of it, you know, I just think it was a, a great initiative they done. They done. Um, you know, obviously, they 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 tweaked people's interest. Obviously, with the whole, you know, thirty five. Um, um, and for anybody who didn't know what the thirty five was, it was you know, it could be the the amount of um, 
support isn't it with the mental support could be you could fill the amount of um issues with mental health issues um across could be filled you could fill the arena 35 times i think or there you could fill, fill the, the rink pad 35 times it was great it's a great initiative um and i've got to say whenever they i was there obviously at the game whenever they were handing out the 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 leaflets and the cards and i will say that they when they were handing them out um they had people reading they had people looking at what it was people were turning over those cards you could see people were taking time to actually look at those cards read what was on what was being handed out um so fair play to the lads um and the ladies um and everyone involved with this whole initiative um and also obviously the the um it is a fan-led initiative, obviously, um, um, but obviously the the um, the Giants org as well, obviously supporting um, the, the, these guys to be able to do these um, do this um, drop the sleeflet drop and, and allowing them to kind of you know take that message out and put it around all of the fans and and move around the arena freely fan to do this. Fan funded as well. Yeah, actually. so fantastic, uh, fantastic um, bit of um, bit of promotion there done, a bit of uh, and, and more importantly, it's a fantastic um, message to be putting out. Um, uh, and and yeah, congrats massive um we would encourage absolutely everyone and we'll throw this up on the website and we'll also throw it up on our socials uh, as well the, the qr code for um the leaflet um if you're in northern ireland in particular uh, it's of uh, particular benefit it's got links to organizations and charities that can help you if you are suffering uh, at all uh, with your mental health or just need to chat to someone uh, as well um that being said our socials, our DMs are always open as well. Um, most of you uh, that are listening probably know us to chat to us uh, in the arena. Um, a couple of us more than others and uh, probably especially not me these days. But uh, my socials are always open as well uh, if anyone ever just needs uh, a chat and uh, a wee FaceTime uh, with a, a lovely Guinness Zero uh, on the odd day as well. Uh, you'll always find me there. But uh, yeah, stick taps to... Uh, to BC for all the efforts that they went to on that one. Well, that, that wraps up uh, Noki News. Murray. Yeah, it wraps up Noki News, but I think it also wraps up our podcast. Um, I don't think we actually have anything else for this week in our running order. I just throw one more thing out there. Of course. Uh, I know we mentioned them at the very start of the podcast, but Ethan is still absolutely loving his North American adventure. I cannot take my eyes off my socials. Um, he has done some amazing things. Um, done a couple of things that I've done as well uh, but uh, he looks like he's had a lot more fun uh, being at places like Niagara um, looked absolutely awesome did um, you have a trip out there? <laughs> I did, I was in Canada if I, if I didn't tell you, do you want me to tell you the story? But no, nah, sorry um, looks like he's had a brilliant time he has just had the red carpet rolled out from in Washington literally red um, invited down to um, pre-game skate or uh, morning skate uh, as well uh, the family got completely decked out uh, in Caps merch uh, which is absolutely fantastic to see um, and that that's saying something when this is a, like a week and a half ago the guy was uh, out chatting with some guy called uh, Sydney Sydney Corby Sydney Crosby 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 thinks his name um, some, some kid anyway who, who plays hockey for Pittsburgh um, and next up, I know that uh, uh, a couple of the family, uh, now Amy and her partner, have had to uh, head back to Northern Ireland today. Uh, but uh, the rest of them, uh, Andy, Yvette and Ethan, are now heading for Nashville. Um, and will also be heading to see the Admirals. So they're going to see the Preds and the Admirals and go see some old friends there as well. Um, so I can only hope that, uh, that oh, these guys 
uh, throw the red carpet out for or the the gold carpet. Throw the gold carpet out for uh, for our man Ethan as well. Uh, I hope you have a fantastic end to the trip. Yeah, uh, can't wait to catch up with you whenever probably you're back in Belfast well, and I'm back. Well connected. Well. He's probably one of the most well connected ice hockey fans that we know of. I would say yep. so. It's uh, probably you know what it's probably the kind of guy that we need to have on the podcast at some point. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Um, with that, we will round up this week. We don't have anything for our um, for our, our, our other segments for our overtime or. What for... about Mark's corner? I know nothing this week. He was quiet this week. Mark, where's your questions? Um, I think we didn't get any. I don't think there was anything else. Um, I think we've covered everything we... else that was sent through to us. Have we? Have we actually? Have we made the the big announcement yet? I don't, think an- I don't think we have. I don't think. I don't think we've. I don't think we've officially announced. Oh, playoffs uh, on the podcast. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. We yeah. will. Uh, if you if you don't follow us on our socials, I mean, what are you doing for a start? Uh, or if you happen to be Campbell on Facebook, you probably don't know this yet because I definitely didn't put this on Facebook. Um, we are all heading to playoffs this year, guys. I know. All yeah. four of us mm-hmm. uh, will be in Nottingham for playoff weekend. Um, I know a lot of people have been uh, moaning about the tickets and uh, the allocation. The fact that uh, you, you can't select your seats anymore. Um, you, you can't get an arena map up for playoffs anymore. And I had a little uh, chat with Thomas Brownlee on, on Twitter about this. And I think it's because somebody last year might have been putting <laughs> together maps of unsold seats around the arena. Um, so now you just select your block and it just gives you the, the first available tickets. So a lot of people are being offered rows uh, A, B, C, D, that sort of. And a lot of people are looking for like the, the seats at the back. Uh, I can confirm, guys, that we are sitting in row C. So we are at, uh, unfortunately, we're pretty close to the plexi. Um, but to be honest, if I'm bringing beers from the bar, I'd rather go down those stairs in the NIC <laughs> than I would up yeah. those stairs. I always, especially I, after I've had a few. I also have had a, a previous experience in the in, in that arena with the the final um, and being sitting in the back row um, of the block when, when the Giants won that year um, with that goal. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, "This is the most dangerous and this most risky that I've ever felt." <laughs> in my life. I just remember at one point, I I think just from the, the the sheer height that I was, I think I lost altitude and therefore. My, my head got really light as well and I thought I was going to pass out but that just could be because of the excitement of what was going on, on the ice as well but uh, yeah I can remember yeah. just thinking to myself I don't want to fall forward because it's always a it just feels like you're it's just like a, a direct drop when you're up there so. it is pretty pretty steep but yes um, we so, um, yeah. officially we've got our tickets All for the there. games we've got our accommodation booked and we, we've got our flights uh, in place John you just need to get your train ticket whenever that comes up um, I'm sure that'll be a John's pricey. train ticket is more expensive than <laughs> all train tickets like together. twice what your flights yeah, are probably um, so we'll be flying and we'll plan over and can't wait we're looking forward do to you it know, do you know I can actually I've already looked at this do you know that I can get a cheaper flight if I change in Dublin <laughs> than I can get a train directly from Edinburgh it's crazy I'm, I'm not even joking I'm considering I'm considering flying to Dublin to fly to East Midlands yeah you should just keep over that's how bad it is flew with us from that's how bad it is there you go and that with there that- you go. So what have we what have we covered this podcast? We've covered uh, sausage baps. We've covered uh, a little bit of hockey, football, um, and travel. Uh, and a, and a, ja- a Hollywood star. There you Hollywood go. Well stars. rounded. We're jack of all trades. Well jack rounded. of all trades. Uh, and with that, we will sign off the podcast as we always do. Uh, you check out our 
previous podcast, this podcast and all of the content that we talk about um, on our website, door14hockey.com. Uh, as John has already mentioned, you can follow us on our social media um, reach out to us, ask us questions. If you just want to have a bit of a chat, please do so, as John had already mentioned. And we are on all of the social media channels at door14hockey. Um, and I think that's really it. If you're listening to us on your podcast platform of choice, don't forget to um, make sure you're subscribed if you're not already subscribed. And secondly, if you could leave us a comment or if you want to leave us a written, we would really greatly appreciate it. Um, Hi to our new uh, YouTube subscriber. (laughs) Um, We we got a new one last time. Yay. Um, And with that, then we will sign off for this week. I'm Marty. I'm John. I'm Aaron. Have a week.